and we always say never never stop that's when you lose time always keep moving and it's the same thing running a business you have to like always look ahead and keep moving and believe in what you're doing and then learn from whatever mistake either you do or other does to move forward it's an interesting future <laughs> for sure and uh, i'm very glad that i'm yeah i'm part of it <laughs> Tide Boys, a Swung Run podcast. I'm Chip. I'm Chris, and this is episode 181 of the show. We've got a great show for everyone this week. Joining us just a few days after Utala Uto is the new Utala race director, Stefan Bjorklund. We had a wide-ranging conversation about his stout adventure racing and swim run roots, his love for the sport, and what the future holds as he begins to write the next chapter in the storied history of Utala. The episode you've all been waiting for, basically. Yes. It's here. Yes. And it was, he was, he was awesome. It was actually it was, really It cool. was a great conversation. It was very great. <laughs> yeah. It's very, I don't very know. Great. We shouldn't, we shouldn't bury that in the front. It was amazing. <laughs> but first training update. So Odyssey Swim Run Casco Bay is just a few weeks away. Stoke levels are at an all time high. Yeah. First race of the year. First swim run race of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had a big training week. We had a nice, nice three, three day. Chris had four day in a row because he moved some swims around. Nice, solid uh, weekend block of training, which included long swimming, long running, and a Monday swim run, which is something, something we don't get to do too often. Yeah, our new little our training new, ground yeah, is, new, is working out for us. I it think. is, it is. I'm, I've been enjoying it. So um, there was also it was windy, so we were dealing with a little chop, which I was grateful i mean at the time it wasn't great but i mm-hmm. was like oh this is good good prep for casco because those casco yeah. swims can be stout choppier the better absolutely so we only have another week or so of giving it the gas before we start tapering just in time for fourth of july <laughs> yeah <laughs> so taper with four cheeseburgers yeah, absolutely a couple uh beyond, couple free burgers couple for yeah i'll take a beyond burger actually this year chipotle's catering just gonna hit easy mode just Chipotle. Makes everybody happy. Sure. Why am I telling everyone that? I have no idea. <laughs> It'll inspire some memes, though. It will. <laughs> now we're going to just incoming <laughs> Chipotle memes. Now for this week's shout out. Yeah, this week we're shouting out three new patrons on Patreon. All, all new. Amazing. So thank you, Liza, Mike, and Tom. We see you. We appreciate your support for our brand of super niche content. Um, yeah, and actually, Mike and Liza, this mm. is a this is exclusive for exclusive. you. This Sunday, I'm I'm take I'm going on vacation with my family after the show airs. Mm-hmm. You know, show comes first, sure. and then Appreciate you it. know, then family vacation. But I'm going to be in Southern California Sunday morning. I'm getting a, a personal tour of uh, oh, swim run action where uh, where the Tower Twenty Six crew uh. The nice. swim run crew goes. So, yeah, so we're going to meet up and uh, going to do a swim run with them. She'll be pretty fun. And a bunch of them are doing Casco as well. So, I like it. Be good. Nice, nice, nice. Now for the wisdom. Also, thank you for being a Patreon. <laughs> now for wisdom nugget of the week. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. Seneca. Yeah, it's never as bad as... as... I got to say, if we're being vulnerable on the show, this is one of my main downfalls. I make it the worst thing imaginable in my head. Mm -hmm. And then when it actually happens, it's like, hey, that was not even like a fraction of of what it was. And um, so I've been trying to remind myself of that whenever I start to, you know, everyone has their own thing. I call it like, oh, I'm spiraling. Yeah, like it's like uh yeah, you you ruminate towards the negative. Yeah. Whereas you could just as easily ruminate towards the positive. And P, you know, and they're like, "Well, that's the worst thing that can happen. Have you thought about the best thing?" And yeah. I'm like, "You know what? Actually, I did not, which is not that's not a good thing. I need yeah. I'm I could work on it. I should listen to Seneca a little bit more often, but um yeah. Chris, Chris, great nuggets. Thanks, great man. nuggets, man. <laughs> is is this some personal uh <laughs> chipper psychology uh, <laughs> infiltration here <laughs> i don't know if, if it's working yes it working? okay <laughs> awesome now for this week's feats of endurance and sort of pseudo this week in swim run 
So this week, we're giving a blanket award to everyone that swim ran over the weekend. There were events all over Europe, including Atala's first event of the season, Atala Uta, Swimman Côte de Vermeer. Are you... Solopet. Solopet Swim Run. Yep. Love Swim Run Lamberus. Tali Lynn Swim Run. And Langholman Swim Run. Longholman. Longholman Swim Run. Yeah, the A with the little circle on top makes it a uh, like an O sound. <sighs> Honestly, that all looked... I'm surprised Did I got through job. that. So, Don't worry. congrats to everyone that raced. All I all I saw on Instagram, it's swim run seasons here. Yeah, it's it was, just videos, happiness all over. Yeah, swim run season slash high. FOMO season. Yeah, <laughs> the FOMO season. If you're not doing a swim run every every weekend like these uh, five or six races we had, bonus award goes to Pete Jervis for racing the Wales Double. I'm not sure that's a thing, but it is a now. It's now. Yeah, it is now a thing. So he did the swim run Landbrus on Saturday and then the Tally Lynn swim run on Sunday. Love back-to-back hey, swim run days. You know That's, it's good for you. It's good for the mind, good for the soul, good yep. for the body. Yep, and it's good for if you're going to go travel. It's like, hey, you yeah. can bust out a couple of swim runs on a weekend nice. in Wales. Way okay. to go, Pete. Uh, so be like Pete and all other swim runners. Uh, in the Low Tide Boys Strava Club. Go to Strava, search Low Tide Boys, and, and join the fun all around. Yeah. Give and receive kudos on a regular basis. Low Tide Boys Strava Club. It's free. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> now on to show business. If you're racing Odyssey Swarm on Casco Bay in a few weeks or just love hearing the sounds of our voices... I'm sure that's not that's not the reason. Make sure to check out our bonus course preview episode that is out now. Spoiler alert, we got confirmation from the race directors that the 2023 courses will be the same as 2022. So we'll be resharing a leg-by-leg breakdown by the one and only John Stevens, plus giving, you know, updating folks a little bit on what's going on. So make sure you check out that bonus episode in your podcast feed. Yeah, literally below somewhere very close proximity to where you're Extremely listening to close. this. Either on top of or below. Yes. Now, let's get into our conversation with new Attila race director, Stefan Bjorklund. Yeah, it was really great to chat with Stefan, honestly, just a few days after after Uta, which was his first official event as a yes. new race director for, for Attila. In this conversation, we talked about Michael Lamotz's legacy and the impact on him, his vast swim run experience, and love for the sport, Attila's plans for the future, which is really Really in- great to hear, mm-hmm. and so much more. We really appreciated his candor, and it's safe to say that, like, you know, this guy. If if we if we can give any any sort of vote of confidence, he's as super stoked on swim run as the rest of us. I when we were talking with him in my head, all I could think was one of us, one of <laughs> us, one of us. He's like super stoked. He he just it like Otsala race director is like the perfect job for him he has mm-hmm. a great blend of uh race directing experience uh from all sorts of of scale and and levels he he loves swim run he's been swim run since since its origins uh yep. he's worked very closely with um Attila race directors of of past and he he loves the sport and he he wants to see it it grow and and be the next big thing uh, just like we do, and all with sure. protecting the the community and and leaning into the communal aspect as well. Yeah, you know, and there was a, not to spoil it for anyone, but where he starts talking about the World Championship course, like mm-hmm. I was getting kind of goosebumps, like the way he's describing this this thing that that we obviously think it's like this amazing quest to Mecca yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was it was great. So great conversation. Folks have been asking for this, so here it is. Thank you, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, Stefan, for coming on. I also he he approached and just his I don't want to say casual but he was just ready to have a great conversation with us uh so really appreciate his his um his attitude and, and everything uh for the interview but uh, we had a we had a great time and honestly I'm more excited than ever for for the future of the sport after after talking with Stefan so without any further ado let's let's just kick it right over to our conversation, Stefan Borkland, Attila Race Director. All right, we're just super, 
stoked to welcome Stefan Bjorklund to the show. He's the new race director of Atala. He worked at the very first Atala event in twenty in two thousand and six. He won Atala Uta in twenty thirteen. He's raced a world championship seven times, including winning the twenty fifteen edition with previous guest and friend of the pod, Marika Wagner. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're really happy to have Absolutely. you. Um, you know, you've been associated with the sport of swim run since basically since the beginning. How does it feel to now be, you know, race directing for something that you've been a part of for so long? Yeah, it's a, it's funny actually because I think that's the most asked question I've gotten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hopefully, I can answer it well. But you know. Everything have a time in life, and uh, by the time, yeah, before this happened, you know, I I was looking to push myself and and uh, and yeah, really become a professional swim run athlete, and and I really wanted to push like both community and like society that swim run was actually a sport. And uh, that we were training as much as any other professional athlete. And we also wanted to make a living out of it. Um, So that's what I was trying to push for when I was racing. And actually, it's the same thing now by organizing. I'm always thinking about the athletes. Uh, How can we create this so our athletes actually can become more professional? Because that would gain... Yeah, both more strength to our brand, but also more strength to the brand Swimrun and actually be a professional Swimrun athlete. Yeah, it's like a foundation for what I did and what I'm doing now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, and obviously, um, you know, you have some really big shoes to fill and continue the work that Michael and Mats began, began, you know, so long ago now. How important do you see what you know, what the role that they will play sort of in, obviously in the history of the sport, but, but, you know, and you looking forward to sort of this next chapter of Atala, you know, how, I mean, you've known them for a super long time, you know, what, 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 what did you, what did you learn from them and what are you going to carry forward? Well, first of all, they've done a tremendous work. Like just imagine they started with a product that didn't exist. Yeah. They didn't know what to call it. There was nothing. Like they invited the first people to participate uh, to yeah participate two thousand six, and they were only friends of them that they've been yeah racing against or knew as friends from the adventure racing community. So looking back to that and see what we had on Uta, it's amazing. Like who could have guessed? Um, and uh, what they have created during 17 years is yeah, very impressive. Uh, especially like not just building a brand and building a new sport, just to stay and believe in what they were doing uh, as well. You know, I can't imagine how many times they've been doubting, like, is this ever going to work? What do we have to do to make swim run swim run yeah. <laughs> uh, or officially uh, a sport? There must have been so many conversations uh, over the years. And, uh, um, of course, yeah, that's hard to, like, compare anything with because uh, I have never done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I'm, I'm really good at organizing big events. And normally, you know, we work when we host adventure racing events in, a, in the Adventure Racing World Series. Uh, we work normally 10 days and we sleep less than the athletes that are on course. So we're hard. Yeah, we're, we're used to hard work uh, and filling up shoes. For, yeah, I, I don't see it that way. Like, mm. I don't have to fill up their shoes. I just have to do. Uh, yeah, I just have to work hard. Um uh, and eventually one day someone will say, how are you going to fill up Stefan's shoes? You know? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. I yeah, like that. Know, yeah, it's just like uh, hard work and believe in the product. And and I think uh, just by saying yes to this, 
I, I've shown the community that I definitely believe in Swimrun and, and uh, in the, the brand of Atelier. So, yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard you mention a couple times, and I think anyone that's listening is is probably music to their ears about you. Keep mentioning community, and and you've been around for a long time. Have you seen the community kind of grow and change? What has been sort of consistent since you first uh, started being involved with swim run racing at, uh, and and trying to stretch that professional um, class, if you will, to to now and from a computer community uh, perspective. Well. I compare the swimrun community to the adventure racing community. Everyone is very friendly. Everyone know each other. Uh, it's a strength to be, uh, I don't know if I will annoy anyone to say this, but it's still a small community compared to the Ironman community yeah, or sure. triathlon community. Uh, but it's the same thing. I can compare it with uh, Vasaloppet, the most famous uh, cross-country ski race in the world. Mm -hmm. When I did that a few years ago, you know, it was so much much hate. Or, yeah, what do you say? Like, everyone, no one was friendly in the track. Everybody wanted to show elbows and push their way forward. Uh, If you show up, uh, uh, yeah, like Red Bull uh, Nordenskjöldsloppet, which is uh, three times the distance, and uh, there was only 600 participants. It's totally different. You know, people are way more friendly. They like to help each other uh, on the course. And when it's that long, you know, it's more than a race. It's an adventure too. Uh, and I think that's the strength of, uh, of Swim Run, uh, that it's still small enough to have this friendly community. Uh, and yeah. I think that's going to be the hardest thing because we want to grow and we want to expand a lot in the next uh, five years and to keep that community as friendly and welcoming as possible uh, will be one tough task, but it's not up to me. It's more up to the people who's joining the community. Uh, We can just, yeah, host great events that people like uh, and on site we will be be friendly uh, and we will offer a lot of fun mm. and uh, and safe races and hopefully that will yeah infect others to do the same you know i mean that's a yeah. good point and that's definitely something that chipper and i have talked a lot about the idea that you know one of the things of you know we obviously we've drank the kool-aid on swimmer a long time ago probably drank out of the same pitcher that Drinking you did it now. <laughs> um <laughs> is is that you know the one of the amazing things about the sport is the community and and it's really up to us to be welcoming um to encourage other people to try it and you see that from the best athletes from Max and Hugo to you know Desiree and everyone else that um you know they 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 actually enjoy being in another in the, yeah. everyone's company and i think as the sport grows you know we've talked a lot about Oh, it's going to get more professional. It's going to lose its feel and stuff like that. But the fact that it hasn't yet, as the sport has grown, I think it bodes very well for the future. And and yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear more on how Attila is, is you know wants to expand because honestly, more events with the same awesome vibe, you know, sign us up. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can agree with about yeah everything you say. Like. We're on a good path uh, with the community already. And uh, with a slower expansion, I think the community can stay this way. If it's going to happen fast, uh, then it might be a lot of athletes that come in fast and they haven't got the feeling for what we are doing. They they bring in another style. And, well, so it be, but I think... We have a lot of swim runners now around the world. You know, there's more than 2,000 races, I think, globally now. And, yeah, we still have this. Um, so the foundation is good to keep the community the way it is. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not strange to see a change either because sometimes change is good. Uh, yeah. It depends on what change, and we can't control that. So... It is what it is, and uh, and 
uh, yeah, as long as we do what we can do, uh, I think, yeah, we will be fine. And talking about the expansion, so we we uh, we have had eleven races in Europe, and or ten in Europe and one in Catalina, uh, in US. And uh, US is definitely a market uh, that where we're looking for a big expansion already for next year. Uh, and uh, I can't tell you more than that, but... Uh, That's good it, enough. It, it... <laughs> <laughs> I got us excited yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chipper almost think... fell out of his chair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, US will uh, is in our eyesight, of, sure, of, of course. And then uh, we're also talking to Australia, New Zealand, Abu Dhabi, and South America at the moment. So wow. it's a big expansion, and hopefully we can reveal more of these uh, news uh, before the World Championships uh, in September. And uh, when we know, we will let everyone know, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah that's not something to keep to yourself. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> definitely want to let people know. Yeah, I think that's probably when people uh, first... Um, first start talking with us they're like oh that Catalina is like the big question and and that was a race that that Chris and I feel like was really for us as swim runners a very defining uh, race for us and we we kind of got it we had done a few swim runs before that but um, Catalina really gave us that true kind of like Atala style um, experience with um, everyone being on the ferry and a very communal experience not to mention an ass kicker of a race um, over there, so we uh, we were we were definitely uh, caught the bug uh, there uh, on that one, and um, that started our journey too uh, to last year, and again this year we'll we'll see you there. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, definitely uh, music to our ears to hear more more races come into the United States potentially. Yeah, definitely, and you know, Catalina was one of a kind. Um, yeah with uh, yeah the whole setting on that island with a lot of verticals and then the cold water uh i wasn't there but a bunch of my friends was there and i only heard good things so who knows uh catalina might be part of the future uh yeah time will tell and um uh, i'm really looking forward to like I think people have a hunger for new destinations. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of uh, same destinations now within the Atelier uh, Swimmer World Series. And uh, if you look to the Adventure Racing World Series, the destination is changing every year for every race. And that attracts, attracts a lot of people. Um, so uh, we will not change every year. I can promise that because that's way too much work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we will show some consistency too, um, but we're now, yeah, we are looking at new destinations, which is fun. Not both, not only for me, for the community as well, yeah. uh, and for people who worked with the Atelier previous years. Uh, I'm super excited about Engadin uh, within three weeks, tenth uh, uh, anniversary, and that's one destination that we will definitely keep because uh, strategically it's so very well located in uh, in the central alps and it's easy to reach from many from many countries and uh, there's more like that easy access races that we're looking for but still in unique places mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, that's a good i like that that strategy because sometimes it's it's almost a, a whole event getting to the destination it feels like uh, sometimes with planes trains and automobiles getting there um, so that, I think that will definitely help with the accessibility uh, aspect of it. But Incadence, what, top three on our bucket list, I would say? It's, it's, it's up, up there. there. It's definitely it's up, up there. there. So um, we're glad to hear it's sticking around. Yeah, I'm going to try to convince Chipper we should do it next year. So Not, yeah. not very hard you to should. convince. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, my favorite. Uh, I worked a lot in the Engadine Valley. I've been there for over 15, 20 years working as a mountain yeah. guide and hiking guide. So... Uh, I know the valley inside out, and um, uh, I was actually the one who designed the, the course and approached Mickey and Mats to 
convince them to host a race there. Uh, uh-huh, no nice. Thought, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's just the way it was. Uh, yeah. So I'm super excited actually to be back there uh, in three weeks and, and host Engadin. And um, yeah, a lot of people have asked, why, Stefan, are you only race director for the Swedish races? But uh, now I will be uh, at each race, uh, both Engadin and Cannes in October as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we... Uh, we were not just thinking about that when we did the contract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sense. sure, for sure. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's news to us that you were involved in, in the planning of Engadin because you know that race is in many ways a very seminal event in the history of swim run and the history of Atala in particular, being you know sort of the first race outside of Sweden. Um, yeah. You know, when 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 you talk about expansion, you talk about trying to get more people into the sport and continue the community, obviously growing has, you know, there's, there's pains associated with that. How, how are you and the rest of the crew at Otala thinking about, well, how, how can we sustain this growth and how do we grow in a way that, um, you know, keeps reflecting the values of the, of the sport, you know, in all these different locations? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good point, you know, uh it is uh, for sure like something i always have in back of my mind of because uh, you know i have three kids uh, and i'm thinking a lot about their future mm-hmm. and i'm thinking a lot about uh, sustainability like how can we make these events more sustainable and maybe how can we make these more valuable not only for us and our community maybe other communities as well and uh, what I've seen organizing other races is that if we bring races to the people instead of people have to travel to us, uh, I've seen a bigger growth faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely a part of the strategy to make it easier, accessible. You don't have to travel as far, but it's still going to be unique. Uh, and the destination is still going to be interesting. We will always have, like for you to swim right now, we had 27 na- nationalities, which is amazing uh, for a race, small, yeah, small race on Ute in Sweden. Uh, it's like a world championship in any other sport, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that has so many destinations showing or countries uh, showing up, uh, which is really cool. And, um, so, so it's still interesting, like to see. We haven't, we don't have a designated path that we're following. Uh, we're definitely looking into new formats, uh, maybe shorter, longer. You know, we're open for most things at the moment, um, depending on uh, where we want. You know, the the community can be one thing in in uh, the Oceania. Uh, region and then one thing in US and one thing in Sweden mm-hmm. it's still it's still the same but uh, yeah the path can be different because we have difference in culture and religion and everything like mm-hmm. it's not it's so natural uh, and I think that this should also be considered when when expanding we have to adopt because it's part of it, you know. If I travel, for example, to Abu Dhabi, I want to be part of the culture in Abu Dhabi. Uh, if there's a race there, uh, I don't want to travel to Abu Dhabi and eat Swedish meatballs at the race. <laughs> <laughs> it would be weird. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, we're we're flexible and and we have uh, ever yeah all these things in mind and we're. Um, we're open ears to the community as well. I'm talking a lot to swim runners uh, to get their feedback on things, uh, both from the race we just hosted and earlier and where they want the sport to continue to grow. And yeah, uh, we're idle ear and yeah, we like to get feedback. Yeah. Well, that's helpful because yeah. swim runners like to talk. So, you know, <laughs> it works, out, these two. works out great. Now, well, well, let's let's talk about Uta. I mean, that just happened. It was 
Um, it looked it looked amazing. It looked like perfect, way better weather, weather than last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us uh, how how that race went for you, and um, and what was it like to to be race director, you know, at this event that you've raced in the past and won. Yeah, it was actually uh, ten years ago I won it, so it was uh, like closing a circle for me being back yeah. there, uh, first winning the first event, and then. Yeah, it was the eleventh year we hosted the Utte uh, swim, swim Run, but uh, you know it was due to COVID we couldn't host. Um, 2019, I think it was, um, and um, yeah, we made a lot of changes in the background that maybe people didn't see, but you know the entire organization was pretty much new, so. Yeah, the sh- biggest change we did was within the organization how how to run it, roles, um, and and things like that. So, uh, and then of course we we changed the venue, so we took it closer to the harbor, and um, people seemed to like that a lot. We had the finish line and the and the start at the same place, and everything was more compact. Uh, it was easier to move around. If you needed to go to the bathroom, you didn't need to go th- across the whole harbor. It was just there, and same for food and yeah, everything. So people were ha- were happy with the venue, and then of course weather was fantastic. It was warm and sunny in the morning, and then uh, thirty minutes after the start, uh, the clouds came in, and it was like overcast for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, uh, people didn't overheat, which was one of our concerns uh, hosting this event. But um, yeah, it was funny because you know the speaker Isaac he asked me when we just started, we had just started the sprint and uh, the experience category, and uh, he asked me, "Stefan, are you always this calm as a race director?" <laughs> And I asked, what do you mean? Well, uh, I've been at many other events and not only swim run and Atelier events, other events as a speaker. And he said, normally the race director is running around here and doing a lot of other things. And I'm just like, well, this is, this is, and this is the new thing I think we implemented for uh, Atelier. We, so we could start a race and then, yeah, we trusted our organization and we can trust our communication line and everyone was where they were supposed to be and they did what they were supposed to be. And it's all about planning. So we planned everything ahead uh, really well. And uh, then you, you never know, of course, there's always one moment at each race where you have to work a little more. Uh, someone get injured or someone is missing or someone ran the wrong way or something like that. And normally everything happens at the same time. So that's <laughs> <Of> course. <nothing. laughs> it's nothing new. You just have to deal with it when it appears. And uh, the better the planning you've done, the easier it is to, yeah, to solve, um, to fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. it was, yeah. I was very proud about yeah, all the volunteers and uh, the staff. And um, that's one thing I value a lot is all the vol- volunteers. Uh, you know, without the volunteers, this is impossible for us to organize. Uh, yeah. It would be totally impossible uh, to keep everyone safe. And um, in Sweden, we don't have the culture really to volunteer for free. It's not, you know, I lived 11 years in the U.S., and uh, in U.S., it's totally different. There, you can volunteer for many different things for free, uh, and you just do it because it's part of culture. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. here, it's not like that. Do they? Yeah, most volunteers they want to get paid and and so on. So it's a little it's a little different to host a race in Sweden compared to elsewhere. Uh, in uh, in the world that way <laughs> well if if you didn't have any feedback about how the races run your your behind the scenes work must have uh, must have been really good that way there was no nothing flared up 
No, so yeah. There, there was a lot of people approached me after the race and said, so uh, which number uh, of hosting Atelier races was this? I mean, it was my first. And <laughs> really? Your first one? Yeah, it was our first one. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so people were, but and, but I added, like, it's not the first race. Right, exactly, exactly. You have a yeah. long resume of experience. And, and honestly, I mean, yeah. Attila is great. It's hard and everything. But, you know, setting up a five-day adventure race, yeah. that seems obviously like it's a different, it's a, an enhanced skill set. You have a PhD in race directing for, for, for this type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I uh, they, yeah. I normally say I have a black belt in, in, the- <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm cocky, but then, uh, yeah, things have went wrong through the years too. So of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> you have to be humble about that as well. Of course, of course. Um, now, now, you know, an interesting thing about, you know, this world championship that's coming up, obviously it'll be, um, it's a race that you've done many times. It's a race that you worked at the very first one. Um, are you excited about that? Are you nervous or, you, you know, tell us, give us a little bit of your sort of thought process. You know, I mean, that race is now a few months away, you know, how are you feeling about it? You know, I love this world championship. I am probably the one who made or done the course most of the times. You know, I, I lived on Sunland for eight summers and I could train daily on the course, uh, which was a big advantage. And uh, I think, you know, to become really good at something, I think you have to, knowledge is the key. When you understand how to race, uh, if you want to race fast, uh, for example, then you actually can race faster, but you have to understand it first and know how to do it. And that takes, normally it takes experience and years. And I could collect years of racing the Atelier course like everyone else. They could just do it once a year. You know, I could do 10 Atelier's in one summer easily. Uh, and I Jones. even had people, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I had people coming in from uh, from all over the world, contacting me, asking if I could train with them on the course uh, the last few years. So I have great local knowledge, and since I worked on Sandam, I know a lot of people there uh, and in the archipelago. So. I'm super excited to host uh, the world championship in September. Definitely. Um, With that said, it's also probably the most complex race Mm -hmm. we organize the whole year. Yeah. Um, The number of participants isn't great. It's only 170 teams, but, but, you know, with boats and uh, all the swim sections and since it's A to B, uh, which is, this is the only, swim run event in the world series where you have an a to b course that makes things way more complicated um, so we, we, i'm preparing for that now with with my team and uh it feels like we are getting there each day we're getting one step closer um but now also when you started the season like this the planning should have been so yeah almost done for the world championship already mm-hmm. uh, so now we're working more with details because next in our mind now is Engadin yeah. so uh, and then after Engadin it's Gothenburg and then we have final 15 and then we have the world championship and come so uh, yeah I'm psyched to be back uh, normally I'm I'm visiting Sandam and Ut a few times every summer with my family. And now uh, I get to go back there and host uh, the World Championship, which is, yeah, that feels really, really, really fun. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be it'll be an extra special day for you. And you've had many special days on there uh, to start for sure. But this one will be... Uh, will be uh, up up top, I'm sure. 
Um, no, no, no Nokia inflatable mattresses this year. Are you reinstituting this rule? Or um... yeah, can we get some bikes on Orna? <laughs> Chris and I specifically for the bike for Orna, exactly. please. Oh, it's funny because I was talking about this the other day with a participant on Uta, and uh, so you watched uh, when the, they won with the inflatable mattresses the first year. Yeah, yeah, and I've raced with the guy several times after that. <laughs> Yeah, Petri Forsman. You know, I think that's uh, you know he's from the adventure racing background as well, and yeah. they're so used to develop new ideas and techniques and implement them into races. So people think it's cheating, and uh, it's funny how how smart they are uh, sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I run into this as an organizer, both in the Adventure Racing World Series and in other sports that we host, the local multi-sport races. People show up with new gadgets and gears that you've never seen before, and it helps them a lot. So who knows if someone will find another way to yeah, sneak through the rules we have. There's always a gray zone somewhere that we have missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's going to be hard to sneak in a inflatable mattress, though. And, <laughs> and the, yeah, can and you imagine you're just like blowing it up while you're running? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're about so, to start, you just uh, see it, just see it coming up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, fu- it's funny that you mentioned it that way because it, it is, it was kind of genius, right? It's the first one. Yeah. There weren't that many, you know, you really had adventure racing types, um, you know, yeah. Swedish, you know, special forces types there. And yeah. it's like, yeah, no one said that you couldn't do that, right? So that seemed like a good way to get from A to B. Um, but but I also think it's interesting, yeah, yeah. as you alluded to, you know, you've seen the the sort of the gear and sort of tactical evolution of the sport since the beginning. Um, and I think the way the sport is raced now compared to even five, six years ago, it's so much faster. The gear is so much more advanced. I'm curious... Um, you know, from your experience, where do you see the the next sort of loophole being exploited on the gear side of things? Uh, yeah, you know, I've been being part of developing a lot of these the gear we're using today uh, with Arc uh, Swim Run and uh, Head before that, and with paddles and. Yeah, the towing line totally took it from the adventure racing, like, boom. And, yeah, you just never know. I I actually think why we race faster today or why they race faster today is because now you can train more specifically towards Mm -hmm. swim run. Uh, When I started, you know, you were either a swimmer or a runner. But now you can start out as a swim runner. That's the biggest mm-hmm. difference, I think. Just look at Hugo and Max. Like their their whole training schedule is specified to become mm-hmm. as fast as they can can for swim run. Uh, they don't. Well, my, uh, Hugo is doing a lot of running races, and, and but they don't do triathlon races. They don't do adventure racing. They only do swim run, and I think that's the biggest difference uh, between when I was racing and and today I think I did my last race 2018 and by that time you know I was I just won the European championship in adventure racing and then uh, I did a biking race and then all of a sudden it was the world championship or it was with the swim run or yeah I think it was the swim run was actually my last race too so uh, ironically and um but I was doing so many other things, and uh, that's the biggest difference I would say today mm-hmm. that people are only training to become swim runners, which is cool, and that's yeah. part of like it turning into a sport. Uh, and I would love to s- support these people, uh, yeah, helping them by creating great events. Uh, also creating opportunities uh, for new sponsor contracts because that's yeah. mm. I think that's one natural 
next step for the sport. Uh, new destinations and creating new opportunities for our athletes to become professional. Um, and we've been talking a lot about professional athletes and like we need more of those. But also, of course, we need these people into the... Just look at Ute now. Sprint and experience were the biggest categories. They were even they were bigger than the World Series wow. event. And they're super important as well. Sure. Uh, but they need idols. Uh, someone to look at. Oh, what is... I want to be like Max and Hugo and Desiree. Uh, I want to race like them. them. What, what are they doing so well? And why? They need to ask these questions to themselves to develop. And... Um, so uh, that's why we're looking into different new models to attract these people as well. Um, and uh, I mean, that's that's a really yeah. good point. I mean, we've we've talked about that on the show a lot, actually, on the idea that, you know, to inspire, you know, you look at someone like Oscar Olson, right? Like an amazing yeah. personality, really great guy. But people, if you're outside of Sweden or you're not familiar with Sormer, you don't know who this person is, right? So how can he inspire you to do amazing, incredible things if you don't know that they exist, right? So one of the reasons with this show is, you know, highlighting people who we think are super amazing. Like, you know, we think, if I can speak for Chipper, the Desiree, if there's a Sormer Hall of Fame, like she better be in there first yeah. ballot. Um, yeah. You know, she's just an incredible athlete who's also happens to be an amazing human being. Um same thing with people like Marika Wagner. I mean, she races without goggles on and she's just she's just a beast and she can do everything from a multi-stage, you know, mountain bike race across South Africa to to, you know, racing the world championship the next week. Like it's it's not a problem. Like the, there are amazing stories to to tell and I I do agree like creating or helping to support a professional class inspires um people coming into the sport and to get them to yep cut your teeth, try the experience or the sprint race, and then, you know, imagine what's possible. Um, yeah. And within the sport, within for yourself, you know, challenge your, 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 what you thought your limitations were. Um, <clears throat> and, and it's just, it's just such an important piece of it. And I think, you know, one thing that Atala has historically has done amazing is sort of, you know, use video and media to show sort of not just the you know, the majesty of the events, but also the the people and the community and, and, and things like that. And I'm curious, um, you know, what are Atala's plans to kind of, I'm assuming it's continuing to do that because everyone, everyone loves these videos, but, uh, if you have any sort of specifics on, on, and how can you help support sort of the professional class and with sponsorships and all that stuff by continuing to tell these stories? Well, we're dependent on each other there. It's not only our task to create videos uh, for our athletes. Uh, you know, me as an adventure racer, I was one of the few in the world who can support my living through adventure racing. And uh, that community is com- to be compared with with the swimrun community um, in size. But also, like, I took full responsibility. I couldn't trust an organizer to provide me with material that I could show my sponsors or that I could make a case out of and show a potential sponsor. Do you want to sponsor me? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we will definitely, you know, and by doing this, I always had my own photographer uh, at our races. And I asked the organization, instead of asking for pictures, ask, can you help my photographer with transportation and, maps for the course uh, so they know where to go uh, and more logistics Mm -hmm. and uh, that helped me a lot instead of asking for pictures in the end and maybe they have two of me uh, when i needed 20 (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but but, uh, by doing that journey myself i also know how important it is for a race so you can only look at my other races that I'm hosting, Nordic Islands Adventure Race, which is part of the uh, Adventure Racing World Series, plus uh, or Extreme Week, um, which is a full week with multi-sport races in at the biggest ski resort in Sweden. And then we have another multi-sport race tour traveling through Sweden through the spring. And yeah, we spend 
most of our money goes towards photographers uh, and film, you know, because yeah. uh, that's how we support our brand too, to stay both active because you have to be so active nowadays to be seen and, and um, also creating like a bank with pictures and content and material. And uh, we will continue this. I love, you know, it's one of the things I love with organizing is to creating all these cool stories and uh, cool content that other might be interested of. And um, the hardest part is to reach out, like to to pay an extra hundred euros uh, for an ad on Facebook. It doesn't give anything anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to, but uh, now you have to be more consistent to be to be seen a lot. Ötelöa's uh, strength is that we have a lot of contacts with written media, like newspapers, daily newspapers, and television. And um, not many race organizations have these contacts uh, as we do. And I think that could be one being a big advantage to actually be able to create something, uh, yeah, something like this to move towards this goal. Um, But it should be a common goal, as said in the beginning. Um, You have to realize it's both our, but also the athletes, um, um, what do you say? They have to share our content and we can share their content. So, yeah. I like that. How um I know we've kind of talked talked a little bit about this and I think Ironman Triathlon has this problem as well is that how do you think about a live video like a streaming kind of event uh showcasing a race especially one as complex as a Tala seems like an a challenge I I wouldn't even want to approach honestly. Um but how important is that play into kind of the sponsorship piece of it or do you think you can not you can get a lot of that done with uh, really incredible social media videos and YouTube videos and having good amplification from the community? Or do you think a, a marquee live event for the whole entirety of the races is one piece that, that is going to be critical for the, for the sponsorship kind of elite category that you're speaking about? Yeah, no, I don't think live is that important anymore. Like it used to be really important. I hosted a race a few years ago back and we did a three hour live coverage of an adventure race and we had 1 million views which was amazing even red bull media media house called me after and asked me how i did it and, <laughs> and i was just like well we just had everyone share our link like all our uh, our sponsors athletes everyone athletes yeah. family members and that's how it's like just reacted um, and we were lucky enough that YouTube, uh, the algorithm shoes us at the right mo- moment. Yeah. Uh, but for example, like when I was racing and they were hosting a Atelier World Championship live, uh, they had so few views. Uh, no one sit and watch for seven hours. Yeah. Uh, there's one uh, event that does this in Sweden that is super successful with it and it's Vasaloppet but they mm-hmm. finished you know in three hours and 45 minutes uh, and it yeah. starts early in the morning so people can have breakfast in front of the tv it's on a sunday and uh, they have a slow morning and then by <clears throat> 11 o'clock uh, yeah the winners have already crossed the finish line it's a little different with the atelier because then you race Seven hours or just under seven hours. Um, yeah, right. Not us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll have to keep the show going for, you know, for 10 hours for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to get some more bandwidth for us. Yeah. yeah. And that's, um, it would maybe work if uh, an already established, uh, yeah, TV show um, or TV program shoes mm-hmm. to, to do this um but at this time i can't see who that would be um yeah. i have <clears throat> i have a lot of uh, contacts uh, 
within the Swedish television, and uh, they are they say they say it's too complicated, but we've already shown that it's possible. It's just have to be lined up in a, in a studio, a little more professional with guests and everything. And I would love to do that, but there's no point if no one's watching it. So yeah, you know, exactly, yeah. So it's like. Uh, and who could people watch? How could people watch it if they didn't know it exists? So, yeah, maybe one day in the future, uh, let's say five years from now, we can do it, and uh, we have a lot of uh, views. But as of now, we have a really strong YouTube channel, uh, so let's use it. Yeah. We have a really strong. We just reached over twenty four thousand followers on Instagram. Let's use it. Um, nice. And we have good contacts with written media internationally, not just locally in Sweden. Uh, and we still have all these small sports channels. And uh, uh, yeah, but as long as they talk about us, we're moving one step closer all the time. And um, I think that's, you have to be consistent and never give up here. Uh, yeah. I refer a lot to the adventure racing, but there's so much you learn. And, you know, both Mick and Lemmel and Matt Scott, they were also from the adventure racing background. Mm-hmm. And we always say never, never stop. That's when you lose time. Always keep moving. And it's the same thing running a business. You have to, like, always look ahead and keep moving and believe in what you're doing. And then learn from whatever mistake either you do or other does. Uh, to move forward. So, yeah, it, it, it's um, it's an interesting future, <laughs> for sure. And uh, I'm very glad that I'm, yeah, I'm part of it. You know, well, Stefan, you know, we've, we've had you on for a while. I can't think of a better, better way to, to end this conversation and just thank you for, for, for spending some time with us, sharing about your background, your hopes for the future. And yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, this is a new chapter for, for Atala. And I think, um, you know, we're all very, we're all rooting for you. We're all very excited uh, to what the yeah. future holds. And yeah, just want to thank you for, for taking on this responsibility, this immense responsibility. We look forward to seeing you in, in, in Sweden and giving you a couple hugs, uh, maybe sharing a fika. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for taking the time and congrats on your first, uh, your first race directing at, at, at Uta. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward for that Fika. (laughs) We (laughs) We won't cap it at one. If you need to go more Fikas, uh, we're here for it. We're here for it. Yes. We, we're, we're racing the Swim World Championship, but Chipper is also participating in the Fika World Championship, which is, uh, not as, not as uh, popular, but, uh, very important for, for, for him. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I love you. Yeah. It's going to be fun to, yeah, it was funny because, you know, it's, I, I brought on board uh, my my colleague, Mika Hanel as well. And, you know, I, we do this really well together and uh, we've done it for five years now. And he approached me so many years ago, like, Stefan, we should do something together, like organizing a race. And, I, you know, that was the time period when I was like aiming to go, yeah, win and win the Adventure Racing World Championship and all that. And um, so I was just like, yeah, sure, um, another day. <laughs> and then I approached him like five years ago, and now it's the time. Do you want to join or do you want to uh, – you don't. And he, luckily for me, he joined in. And, um, awesome. Yeah, he, it's you know, this is, it's my full-time job now to uh, – to do this and uh, to host all our races. And uh, he's creating that opportunity for me by not uh, taking uh, out the salary from our company yet. Um, So he's doing uh, other everyday jobs. uh, Yeah. To help me live my dream um, and and do this as well as, uh, uh, yeah, as well as we can. Um, So, Yeah. It, it's with great. great respect. I I uh, really appreciate, yeah, what he's doing uh, to create that opportunity, and uh, you know I think that will reflect also how I lead our team. Um, 
to create good events. Definitely. Love it. Awesome. Love yeah. it. Yeah, well, we'll make sure to buy him his Fika then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fika <laughs> is on us. My Fika. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> he At least loves cinnamon buns and a coffee. That's. Uh, wow. <laughs> We're already sounding fast yes. friends. Yes. Uh, Got to have multiple uh, Um yeah, Well, yeah. Stefan, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in Sweden in a few months. Yeah, can't wait. We're really looking forward to meet you guys in person. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks okay. again. Take Thank care. you so much. Talk to you later. Sure. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a wet rating or review since that's the best way to help other people discover the show and the sport of swim run. Check out our website, lowtideboys.com. That's boys with a Z for swim run resources, including gear guides, tips, how-to videos, and so much more. Make sure to check out our meme page at The Low Tide Boys on Instagram. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, send us a DM or email us at lowtideboys at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Writing Easy Records for our show music and, of course, our wives for their support and tolerance of our swim run and other activities. Lots of activities. Lots of activities. <laughs> Finally, you can support our efforts on Patreon. Until next time, get out there and go for a swim. Then a run. And then a swim. Then another run. Then another swim. Then run some more. Just keep going. Let's go. And then stop at some point because, you know. And fuel. Don't forget to fuel. Got to fuel too. Of course, yes. (laughs) 